Hey everybody, this is Jason. This week brings us to the close of Season 1 of Stand By for Paradise. As winter wraps the northern hemisphere in the dark, woolly blanket of long winter's nights and the holidays approach, it is time for me to take a little break. Over the holidays, there will hopefully still be little updates on the website and on Patreon. You can find the links in the show notes. The adventure will resume in 2022, but before we go, I have one last little story to share. As we slide down toward the end of the year, here is a picture of one of my favorite moments from all my travels. This memory is from almost exactly two years ago, when the last warm days were still clinging to the coasts of Liguria. This is Jason, and welcome to Stand By for Paradise. Every time I would leave my flat, the door would slam emphatically, the boom echoing up to the empty stairwell no matter how much I tried to deaden it. I hoped that this building was full of other seasonal rentals, and maybe no one else was here this late in the year to be annoyed every time I left. Plastering myself against the stuccoed wall on the tiny strip of cobbled sidewalk, I looked both ways to make sure I was not about to be impaled by a scooter. It was a one-way street, but this is Italy, so I looked both ways every time, just in case. From my door, it was only a few short steps, past the cathedral, and out into the piazza, to see the harbor properly. Just past the outdoor tables under their dark umbrellas, you had a clear view of the forest of white masts of the sailboats, all swaying in the bright Mediterranean sun. The clinking music of their waving rigging drifted up across the piazza, and blended with the tunes coming out of the restaurants. The music drifted just far enough to reach the patio tables lined up under the high orange and yellow walls dotted with deep green shutters. No matter the weather, the water looked the same sparkling cobalt blue every afternoon. The seagulls didn't care that you wanted a jacket in the mornings or that the wind on the breakwater had a little more bite to it every evening. They would take their customary places down by the fish market each day, looking bored and a little petulant as they waited for the tide of scraps that came chasing across the stones when the market was closed and all the ice-filled bins cleaned out with hoses. The afternoons were not yet ready to submit to the changing of the seasons. Under the long needle pines along the water, locals and tourists alike ambled along in boat shoes or sandals through the long hours after lunch. In the warm air, the palms didn't seem out of place, casting their zebra-striped shadows across the book readers sitting on the benches, oblivious to the harbor they were facing. All along the waterfront, there was a constant buzz of conversation, the clinking of coffee cups and the ring of wine glasses toasting to life well-lived from the tables of the cafes. 
By late afternoon, sweaters had disappeared and people began drifting down to the beaches unless there was a cool wind off the water. On these afternoons, you could be forgiven for thinking you had slipped out of the flow of time and that every day was like this the whole year round, maybe for as long as time had existed. I chuckled looking at the calendar on my phone. The word October meant nothing to me here. The first time I came to Italy, I hadn't come to the coast. I went to Florence and saw the Ponte Vecchio, the famous bridge so laden with jewelers and watch sellers' shops, and the tourists that come to see them, that you can scarcely see much of the bridge itself. Only later did I learn that Ponte Vecchio literally means old bridge, and is not some romantic or famous title. It is simply the Ponte over the Arno that is the most vecchio, and thus it gets its name. Here on the coast, everything is a bit vecchio. The castle overlooking town is certainly vecchio. The thick-walled buildings exude a comfortable vecchioness. The sea is vecchio, and the tourists are most certainly all vecchio. Some are German, and some are British, and most are Italian. But they all have come down to the sea at the end of the season, with their families or their memories, but mostly just with each other. They all fit together, the castle, the sea, the buildings, and the tourists, and the year itself. It is Vecchio, too. Palm trees do not show autumn, but you can feel it anyway. Out of town at the bend in the coast, the resorts are all vacant. Strolling past them, it is impossible to tell if they are closed for the season or abandoned altogether. Through the haphazard curtains and the tall windows of their long, curved dining rooms, you can see piles of chairs and tables heaped with linens, as though, all at once, without warning, everyone decided that they could not wait another second and fled back to Rome or Milan or the mountains or wherever they had come from to work the season. The private beaches are vacant too. Their inviting stretches of sand are a testament to the restraining force of civilization. There does not seem to be anyone around to shoo you off the empty shore, but everyone respects the little white ropes that end just above the highest reaches of the tide. It doesn't matter anyway, as even the little stretch of public beach that remains is far from crowded. Most afternoons, I go down to the shore, staking out a little square of sand with a blue towel from the wicker basket in my flat, never the white ones, by the shower. I would sit there staring into the breaking waves, feeling a bit of tingly excitement at the knowledge that the solitary key in the pocket of my sandy, wet swim trunks was the only thread holding me to my passport, my phone, my computer, the entirety of the rest of my life anchored back in my flat. I would habitually check for the key every time I got out of the water. Only half of me wanted it to still be there. Coming from America, there is either interest or anxiety about the more liberal attitudes to women's swimwear in Europe. Your attitude may depend in large part on whether you are an observer or a participant. 
Here on this beach, it doesn't really matter though. Few women are interested or interesting in that regard, except hopefully to their spouses. The most common beachgoers are the old men, built and whiskered like walruses. That is, they would be walruses if walruses wore blue speedos. Barrel-shaped and leathered brown with the sun, they are wrapped in little atmospheres of thin white hair, though mostly on their bodies and rarely on their heads. Rolling and puffing down to the water's edge and back up again, they strut for themselves, if for no one else, as though the strutting had to happen, with or without anyone around to see it. This is Stand By for Paradise, a little show made by me, Jason Fleming. You can read the full text of each episode, as well as see pictures from these stories at standbyforparadise.com. If you like the show, please share it with someone. If you love the show, you can support it on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.